podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. A few hours is a long time in the topsy-turvy world of Scottish football and what felt like two points lost v Hibs at around about two o'clock on Sunday was then being viewed by many as a potential point gained once a certain result filtered in from across the city at around 5pm. It goes to show that there's going to be plenty of drama in this title race over these remaining 10 games and the onus is now on Ange and Celtic to ensure that those twists and turns fall in our favour by the time the trophy is handed out in May. This is episode 59 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino. And this week I'm joined by James and Paddy to cover all things Celtic. James, a strange Sunday in the title race. How do you sum the day's results up? <sighs> strange indeed. I mean, my bet was up by the end of the day, but it wasn't expected. It worked out neutral, but it felt like a real positive. So, you know, you can t- look at the flip of it and say we could we could have pulled further ahead there. But in the round, you know, I'll take that result as a as a as a warning shot. What was your bet to Dross? Uh, just one draw Just one draw <laughs> in, the, in the afternoon I hear you um, Paddy Miff said last week There'll be plenty of twists and turns In this title race I told him to shush Turns out he was right ah, He'll be loving that He'll be loving every single minute Of that there I can just I can just see him <laughs> Snagger away right now Yeah I, I, I'm being very very Confident In the past few Few weeks uh, Past couple of months There with Celtic Just the way we've Kind of come back From the winter break Yeah just I think A few things Maybe just setting in And I think that just comes with how close we are to potentially lifting this this trophy. And I'm not too worried at this point. I do think obviously the running is gonna is gonna take its toll against us. It's gonna be a tough one. Uh, what we do have in our favour, and I think will be a big thing for us, is that we're, we can actually possibly see a few weeks coming up where we start to get a, a bit of a rest in between games. I just think that's going to be huge for keeping the squad fresh. And yeah, I'm still looking fairly positive about how how things go for the remainder of this season. Yeah, there's been suggestions of an overreaction in certain quarters after uh, the result at Easter Road. Some people have levelled it at us, James, that we've maybe overreacted. Do you think that's fair? Do you think some of the hyperbole is, is fair? I mean, that's the nature of a final whistle show. You couldn't get a hotter take, you know, we're 20 minutes after the final whistle and we're recording. So I, I was talking to you guys earlier on, I said I, I'm kind of switching between running about with my hair on fire and saying, let's just calm down. I mean, do you want me to give you the stats I was talking about earlier on from uh, Forrest finishing? Yeah, go for it. So it was, he's been a, a good man for kind of giving a bit of perspective to the last few games and, you know, what, what was kind of coming at us. In the winter break. So if you were to ask us, you know, at the start of the, the, the restart, if you like. So Forest Finishing, you can get me on Twitter at get it in Forest with two R's in Forest. Good guy to follow. Uh, he said, since the break, we've had some traditionally tough fixtures. And today aside, we've won them all. Hibs at home, Hearts away, Dundee United at home, Rangers at home, Motherwell away, Aberdeen away. When you look at in the context of that, you know, <laughs> dropping two points from all those games, it's not the end of the world. Hand you out. And out. <laughs> well, I do know your, your man. <laughs> I mean, he's he's travelling <laughs> down and whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah, so there's there's a bit of panic there and a bit of overreaction. But at the same time, we can't be sitting there and going, everything's, everything's fine, happy, clappy. You know, there, there's a, a downturn in performance that we want to arrest. So I, th- I think a balance is to be struck between running about my hair on fire and just being nice, calm and collected. Yeah, just just to you know clarify that in terms of, of where we're at just now. So the draw with Hibs, Paddy, was the first time Celtic had dropped points in the league since the 0-0 draw with St Mirren back on 22nd December. In between times, we've recorded eight straight wins and it's those games that Forrest Finishing was talking about. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, you, you could call some of the stuff that you'll have seen online yesterday, you know, a bit of an overreaction. But it's also fair to say that, you know, despite, you know, chalking up some big wins and some some good results at times, the form since, you know, maybe Rangers and, and Motherwell, you know, in the early part of February here, it has been sketchy. You know, there's the Aberdeen game, 3-2, you and I were at that game, Paddy. Yeah. Wraith Rovers, don't be fooled by the 4-0 scoreline at Wraith Rovers. It wasn't a, a, you know, a smooth night. Bodo Glimp times two, couple of snidey performances there. Yeah. Dundee, 3-2, and now Hibs. So, yes, by and large, the results have been what we've been looking for, certainly domestically, but it's not been great performances. It's not, and, and obviously, like... I'm seeing a lot of comments on uh, social media regarding um, the performance yesterday and, and the way Ange kind of came out and, and basically said he was happy with a majority of the performance in the 90 minutes. Um, he doesn't strike me as the type of manager that's going to go in and throw his players under the bus um, the way the way other managers sometimes do. Um, the only time I can remember, remember him really criticising his players this season was that Wraith Rovers game. Uh, and I think that's, that comes to the second the kind of second string side that's going to be playing. Yeah, you're going to be on their case because these are the guys that you need. You need them to be mentally and physically ready to come in if there is injuries or if we're just going with full squad rotation. I think what we're probably going to see now is a lot more of a settled starting 11. We've not been settled in quite a, a, a few weeks. Um, I think, when was it... Um, it's taken a long time for us to even get the, the same starting 11 that we played against Rangers uh, and who blew them away for the 90, uh, the 90 minutes and we're able to just kind of soak up any any pressure for the second half. I'm not entirely worried about things at the moment. What uh, for me I see is that if with these results can only come good in the sense of it's not finished yet and we know that we can step it up a level. We'll, we've been watching some incredible football this season. We've not been blowing teams away though. Mm-hmm. We've not been blowing teams away and it's because partly this team is still settling. This is this is a team that's still brought four players in over over January there. They're still finding their way within uh, living in a new country um, with also just bedding themselves into the team. They've not had full pre-season training. Uh, I'm, I'm, a lot of them, I'm talking about Maeda for that part. Um, and I just think that a lot more is still to come for this final push, for this uh, 10 games that we're going for in the league. I still think that we're, we're still in a very strong position. It is in our hands. And do we think we were going to be saying that last last summer? No. Yeah. I mean, all, all really valid points. I suppose what I would say slightly to counter that is that, you know, I think we touched on it yesterday, James, in the final whistle. Now's not the time to panic as such, mm-hmm. but it's better to be a wee bit concerned now than wait till four results pass and then go, ah, we should have panicked a few weeks ago and made some, some adjustments. Now, not sure if Ange tunes in, you know, and listens to our suggestions, but... It's where he gets all his coaching tips. I, I think so. But he must be looking at things just now. I'd be amazed if he's not looking at things and saying, yeah, yeah, things aren't quite right. And to your point, Paddy, I have no doubt at all that he will say one thing to the press and the media and there'll be a very different message behind the scenes. Yeah, and that, that's what I suggested yesterday. As long as it's not <laughs> Leninism, um, Lenin, two N's, O-N, not L-E-N-I-N, Leninism, Um <laughs> And if he's taking that to the media, that's fine. As Paddy said, he's protecting his players. And then he's going to turn the dress and say, right, hey, you. Aye. You know? Um, and I think even then, he's the kind of coach that will say, right, here's what we're doing. Here's what we can be doing better. You know, it's, he's more of a, you know, show you the path rather than just pull yeah. you out. Do you think he's saying to the, the press, everything's good here, we're playing really well. And then behind the scenes, he's got a badder by the throat up against the wall. The wee man like, ah, he's getting on here bus and he's just getting thrown about the place. <laughs> That's possible. Um, uh, you might be right, because I don't believe for one second, I just think, 
you know, all is good at this moment in time. And I'm sure they're taking steps to address it. I hope they are, but I'm sure they will be. One of the the commenters on YouTube made a really decent point as well. Obviously, we put some different guys into the Bodo game last week and it was a, a very surprising team, you know, when that came out. Of course. Uh, guys like Welsh starting, beat on captain of the club, etc, etc. Liam Scales st- uh, starting and not doing himself any favours. But, you know, to give those guys some defence, it's quite unfair to put them into the team when it is such a mixed bag. So if you drop Liam Scales in amongst an otherwise very strong 10 and he doesn't perform, you can say, mm, well, maybe so. But if you drop Liam Scales in, at the same time you're bringing Welsh back in from the cold, at the same time you bring in Ralston, Beaton's your skipper, James Forrest starts again all of a sudden, you're then asking six and seven guys to go and perform at a very disjointed team. Uh, I think that's quite unfair. Away from home in Europe, in minus 16, and you're minus two goals. <laughs> Lots of minuses. You know, I, um, I, can see, I can see why it is unfair. I can also see why this opens the eyes to possibly um, our scouting team um, mm. our board in the sense that if the players that are was sitting waiting in the wings if they're not willing to try and, and get to the level that the, the well I, I say a so-called start 11 like I say it's not been settled but if they're not first team players then we need to be looking at who, who is going to be um, definitely a difficult fixture to put so many changes into I'm not taking away from that at all but what I think we seen the other day was that we we do still have departments we need to strengthen in, um, and it was made a lot more clearer for us on Thursday. Um, so yeah, a bit unfair, but also it opens that discussion up now instead of at the end of the season. And I think he'll know if we go into the summer, he'll know exactly what he's looking for and what's going to kind of try and basically combat that for next season. Yeah, James, do you think on that note? That starting lineup against Bodo was maybe a nod to the board to say we can't compete on all fronts with these guys. I think we can overthink it as well. Um, I think Adjie's just doing a bit of you know resting. He's doing a bit of challenging. Um, he's maybe doing a, a slight bit of a nod to the board. It might be none of those three. Um, it's unless you're inside. Adjie said you don't know. All of those three things are are valid and they're, they're you know items that may or may not get addressed. But I don't think it was like. <laughs> You know, I think Rogers was a wee bit guilty of that stuff. I don't think he's as cynical as that. He's got a good relationship with Michael Nicholson. They can say, I need X, Y, Z. Here's, you know, what we can sell that we don't need. So no, I think the relationship's a bit more straightforward than having to be as sneaky as, as Rogers was. Sneaky Ange. Sneaky oh, nah, just like he is that guy. <laughs> I think he's straight between the eyes, you know. I think you're right. Um, so looking back, uh, domestically at least, Celtic are unbeaten in the last 22 league games. Pretty impressive record. Ange out. I know, exactly, exactly. It stretches way back to that 1-0 loss for Levy at the Tony Macaroni back on the 19th of September, and we know we're heading there on Sunday. Uh, during that run, we've won 18 and drawn four, so you know, very impressive form, and it's the reason why we are where we are, top of the table. Um, James, it's certainly better form than our nearest rivals, but is now the time, when we're seeing this wee bit of a start, is now the time for Ange and the players to regroup and really focus on the challenge of the 10 games ahead? Yeah, and it is that, and it's just the, the challenge is getting simpler and simpler as each week goes past. Um, it's just, as I'm saying earlier on, show them the path. Just, you know, I know that it's only one game at a time and win one game at a time, but it's a short order between now and not even the end of the league, but the end of when our, uh, the games we need to win and get them under our belt. Once we win that number of games, we do win the league, so it's it's is getting to be a much, much much simpler proposition than it was even a week ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And with each passing week, 10 games becomes 8 games becomes no whatever. Big bonus of no Europe, is that how you're seeing it now? Aye, and this was, you know, I, I've always been happy to be in the tournament and not unhappy that we're out, 
as, as Paddy's saying, we're going to get these gaps. And it's not just about resting players, it's about getting some training and tactics in them. Yeah. How to take a free kick, how to take a corner. <laughs> Those two things. The basics. You know. That is interesting, Paddy, because you watched the game on Thursday against Bodo and being at the game the previous week, you know, it's, it's pretty uncomfortable view and it's, you know, you don't take any delight in watching it and just your natural instinct kicks mm-hmm. in and you're willing Celtic to win, you know, as you would do every time they take to the park. But actually now that we're a few days down the line from Thursday night's result and our exit from the tournament, you can look at it with fresh eyes and say, okay, we'd like to have progressed, but now there's, there is that wee bit of time for rest and recovery and yeah, maybe maybe working on some of the things that we need to work with because Ange himself, without looking for excuses, has just told the, you know, the truth that he hasn't had much time and certainly not any real chunks of time to work with the players on the basics. So there's a huge advantage in that. There is um I've obviously spoke about obviously my my hope for for trying to do something in Europe this season, especially with that type of competition. I do think it is a competition that we would probably still be within a shout if we were to be, make it through that round. We've come up against a very well organised side. Like I said in the the final whistle, that's a team that's been together for three years. This is a team that's been together for nine months, and I think that for me was the huge difference in the first leg. Uh, second leg, I think yeah, he's admitted. He's not actually come out and said it, but he's basically admitted, right, the focus is the league, in my opinion, with that starting lineup. Um I don't like to give that as an excuse, though. I do think that as a club, we should be well more prepared for stuff like this. And and that's something for me that lies with the board. A rebuild of that size last season is something that should never have happened, but it did. Hmm. Um, so I like to think that the, the starting 11 from the first leg... We'll have taken a lot from the knockout experience and we hope that we've got a manager that was going to just continue to build. Um, and for me, I think we can only kick on from that experience in Europe this season. Um, you'll want them to learn that that's what the press is all about. That's ex- They basically played us at our own game mm-hmm. and done it very, very convincingly. So I think there's a lot to take from it. Um, I'm of the opinion now that yes, everything is focused on the league should go in our favour and I just hope that we can just settle down like you make a great point with the fact that we're going to get some more training a lot more is looked at and like he has said he's not been able to he's not been able to have that time with the players so hopefully that helps us in this run into. Yeah James I think it's fair to say as well that <clears throat> despite some people's protests to the contrary at only nine months in to the Ange plan you know people couldn't expect this to be anything like the finished article I think progress has been great you know, you, you hark back to where we were and all that kind of stuff last year. We're in a pretty decent position overall, aren't we? Sort of, you know, take defeats like that against Bodo, but by and large, top of the league, you can see progress, can't you? Absolutely. You know, you're talking about, was it early June, 10th of June? Place was in absolute turmoil, you know, with no manager. You know, Ange came in that day, I believe. But, you know, we'd pursued Eddie Howe, didn't work out, <laughs> didn't have any structure in the club at all. And then, what, six months later, the guys are saying, this is a disgrace. You know, we need to just calm down. And there's, there's a bit of, I don't know, um, just not rewriting the history, but guys saying that Celtic are a club who doesn't have any ambition in Europe. I agree, under lol, it was just getting the bare minimum done. And that is not my ambition for Celtic at all. Yeah. This season, Europe was an absolute bonus. We can get there and we will get there under Ange. But let's get what's needed this season, which is the league to give us a bit of budget and then start moving forward in Europe with a team like Bodo who have played together a bit longer. Yeah. When you mentioned Eddie Howe there, it just reminded me that we we had an episode 
at some point around about May or whenever it was, all about Chris Wilder potentially becoming our new manager. It was strongly rumoured. <laughs> the episode was called How's about no? Take a Walk on the Wilder Side. Uh, check it out if you if you dare. Um, <laughs> but it just shows you, you know, we were talking about those kind of potentials and some of the stuff that was doing the rounds. We are so far from there, it's untrue. I was falling out with somebody on YouTube today, yesterday, every day, uh, <laughs> about somebody saying it's so clear that Ange has no ambition and he he doesn't want to deal with that problematic left-back position. You can't tell me that Ange isn't watching just now and saying he knows Greg Taylor's not good enough and, and Liam yeah. Scales. It's one thing known, you can't just go out and wave your magic transfer wand and just bring in, you mm. know, the next best thing. So I've no doubt he's identified that as an area for strengthening. I think centre-half potentially, I think centre-forward will look a bit light all of a sudden. But, you know, you can't just kind of, as I say, sprinkle the, the fairy dust across, you know, a transfer window and just, you know, get all these top drawer prospects. And I think the very fact that of the, I don't know, circa 12, 14 guys that have come in, by and large, most of them have hit the ground running. You know, the yeah. success that you've seen from guys like Kyogo and Abada and Jota and all the numbers, you know, Carter Vickers, you know, you name it, Hatati's brilliant start. There's been so many good signings. And I think just a bit of acceptance and maybe we're guilty of just picking up the mad comments because there's a few mad ones around and you go geez look what some fans are saying maybe it's just that one, one fan guy. so we've uh, got to be careful of that I, I think as well I'm kind of talking about the, the Taylor thing with um, he's basically I think using Taylor for for, for me this season um, we know he's a limited player to an extent there was a point there just obviously going with the, the, the confidence and the, the momentum that the, the squad had built he was actually starting to come into his own own game. And then he, he didn't have a great game against Bodo at all. He's taken him out the firing line. He didn't start the next two games after that. And then he's given him that wee rest, psychologically hoping that'll calm him down a bit. He's come into the game yesterday and his first touch went out for a throw-in. And you're just like, that's square one again, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's small things like that. He can't really, I mean, we've signed so many players this year and he's probably thought that the cover at that position should have been enough. I'm not entirely sure what happened with the whole bo uh, volleyball and goalie thing. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he wanted to play for Celtic and Celtic said no, or it was the other way about. He's moved on for the best, probably. Um, but the cover then, effectively, we had Scales, Bolly, and Taylor, three left-backs. And that should be enough to kind of push on for this season. But we now know we, we really need to strengthen it in the summer. Mm. I wouldn't be criticising our manager for having three left-backs and saying, we need another left-back. Mm -hmm. At this point, you've got to give these guys a chance. And he's done it this season. And, and obviously, we'll see how it pays off. We're top of the league at the moment. Absolutely. So what we'll do, um, you know, this episode in general will be a bit more about, you know, taking stock and looking at where we are in the bigger picture. But we, of course, can't ignore events at Easter Road on Sunday. So I just think, you know, kind of first main point on it is, we were asking earlier on, you know, for the match report that we do on, on the, the various games, who the man of the match would have been against Hibs. There is no, there's no real standout at this moment in time. And actually, you know, I was going to ask, you know, who, who are who are the players that are a wee bit off at the moment? It's actually easier to ask who's on form for Celtic because yeah. there's not many right now who are, you know, firing all cylinders. There's too many guys who we've seen do it in the first half of the season, you know, the Jotas, the Abadas, whoever else. They're just a bit off it just now, Paddy. And it's hard to put a finger on why this is. Again, I just, I feel for me, it's it's having more of that settled squad. Um, a couple of the, the 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 trials of the last few games has been the O'Reilly and Rogic combination um, as our two attacking mids. Now, I've said it for quite a while with Rogic, if he isn't in the mood or if he doesn't want to be there, 
you know, you know straight away, like within that game, within that 90 minutes, I take nothing away for what he's done for us. I think he's had an incredible season, but there's certain games where sometimes the pass isn't on for him at all. And a lot of that's his own doing. It's maybe uh, the positional sense. And with that, that can start to then gather a bit of complacency from when they're trying to bring the ball out for the back, I think. And there's a hesitancy at the moment, and it's because of this squad rotation, in my opinion. There's not settled positions at the moment, and they're not basically coming in the same week in, week out, um, with the same lineup and the same kind of press. But the back four are facing a different attack every week, and I just don't think it's settled for them at all. And hopefully that starts to calm down a bit. Yeah, I'd seriously hope. I kind of take a different perspective on that. I think it's always going to be this way, Ange. I think there's always going to be some rotation of some sort because the football's so intense. There's going to be, you know, guys who need rested or guys who need more game time or what have you. So I think it's something we're going to have to get used to and the players are going to have to get used to yeah. going forward. I, I think this feels more disjointed than planned rotation. I understand played you off for a couple of games, then freshen up and yeah. different things. I think he's, I'm not saying he's feeling about in the dark just now, but he's trying different things. It just feels a wee bit more disjointed for me. Persisting with the Rodgers and O'Reilly combo after it failed so spectacularly in the first leg against Bodo, mm-hmm. to do it again I thought was, I questioned was it arrogance, more, right? More Leninism. Well, do you know, I love Ange as much as the next man, but I question why he was doing that because it clearly didn't work. You're up against a side to counter attack very, very well and I just thought, he's just, some some of his team lineups have been a wee bit puzzling the last few weeks. I, 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 exactly. It's kind of what I'm, I'm getting at. Um, I think for the lineup on Thursday to play the two of them again and then looking at the rest of the lineup, you wonder if it's a challenge he's putting to those players. If you don't think yeah. it worked last Thursday, make it work. Mm. You know, let's see how you got on. Obviously, he brought McGregor on at half time. A lot of the fans were baffled by that. But if he's wanting to try something in a game that he thinks is dead with the, with for me the, the 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 state of the lineup, then it's that's the game to go and give it a go. So free hit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But if you're not getting that back from the player, then there's only so much the manager can do. I think, like I've said, you look at the, the level of performance of late, we know what this team is capable of. We've seen some in, in beautiful football this season. I just think he just lays a gauntlet down to them and say, look, look, we have these 10 cup finals. We do take it one game at a time. You just need to basically stand up and be counted now, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's, for me, that's the way for the run-in for this season. Yeah, yeah definitely. I also think, um, personnel aside, there looks, to me, generally, like there's a bit of a fatigue setting in. I thought some of the players looked on their feet, you know, out on their feet uh, at Easter Road. And I wonder if the exertions that they've put in so far in the first, I don't know, two thirds of the season-ish to get us top of the league, mm-hmm. competing on at the time all four fronts, Europe, domestic cups and different things. I wonder how much that's taken its toll. We've spoken at times about the fact that there's a full season as well behind Hatate, Maeda, Gucci, if he starts to play. I was puzzled, James, uh, at Easter Road why only one sub was used yeah. you could see they needed a change they needed a freshen up and the only move he made was the obvious one O'Reilly coming in for Rodic and O'Reilly done okay they mm-hmm. looked a bit brighter but when they looked flat on their feet and they were looking for inspiration why no James Forrest why no Karamoko Dembele why maybe you know even like a McCarthy or a Beaton which would have laid McGregor further up you know there were changes there which I think could and should have been made yeah, I mean, because it just wasn't happening and you knew knew it wasn't going to happen. We were creating you know, scant chances and we had the chances to win the game, by the way. You know, Rogic in the first minute and our first five minutes and then Abada later mm-hmm. on. So the structure created chances to win that game and Hibs gave us nothing coming at us. But 
it was the same stuff. And, you know, we need to be careful because the team we're playing on Sunday will be far better at that level of defensive block than Hibs were. And Hibs did. Hibs have improved under uh, Maloney, by the way. Um, sorry, no, no, you go. Yeah. Don't I, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for, for me, it was Karamoko because mm. if, if, if we no longer trust James Forrest, and that's very sad, but that's sometimes just football, particularly in the winger game, yeah. then get him on and give him a chance, even if it's just the last 10 minutes, because he would come on with a point to prove. I thought there was plenty of options, like you said, about allowing McGregor to move forward, McCarthy or other or whoever it may be. McCarthy's a professional player who's got a lot, a lot of experience under his belt. He would have been the perfect move for me. Sitting the six, you'd have got you can play the six as well. There was options there and they weren't. So I don't know what the thinking is there. He's a manager who who often utilises his subs and, yeah, now, and now he's got five it. that he can use. I just thought it was, it was so puzzling. Another thing that puzzles me, Paddy, I'm going to come to you as the set-piece expert on the Go show. Uh, Celtic got a couple of set-piece opportunities in the second half. And Dunkers. they're facing up to the wall of which Rio Hatati forms part of in a squat position, <laughs> kind of semi-squat, then back to full squat. And I can't work out for the life of me what he's doing, <laughs> what, what purpose he's serving, serving there. I, I really can't get my head around it. My only thing, I, I was kind of mentioning it earlier on, I think it's, is he acting like some sort of maybe marker for... The, he's, a, he's acting the goat. That's he's acting, acting the goat. He's acting I, acting no, I would have thought that, but the ball didn't get into the knee. That's Juranovic's <laughs> fault. Um, but no, I, that's the only thing I can put, put that down to. Um, yeah, it was a bit bizarre kind of looking at it. Um, it was a strange one. Um, yeah. There was also a stat that came up ahead. <laughs> they're, they're also showing is like, they keep telling us we've got no time working free kicks and corners, but the time we do have, this is what we come up with. <laughs> <laughs> we, ha- we have been working on stuff. Look at Hitati. Um, <laughs> a stat came up uh, from Sky Sports. I had, I think, the first free kick that we got, and it said that of 29 direct free kick attempts this season, zero goals. Yeah. Now, you know, direct goals from free kicks, they're relatively rare in football. You're not, you're not going to score a dozen of them a season, but you might score one or two. We've what, scored what one. the goalie? And it just tells you that I think at the moment we've got a lack of ideas when it comes to set pieces, whether that's, you know, corners or, or free kicks or whatever. Paddy, you and I were chatting about the fact that I think when Celtic were at home at Motherwell early in the season, was it a 2-0 victory yeah. at home? Tom Rogic has scored a really well-worked goal from a free kick. The one yeah. that's came across low in the box and he slapped it in. That aside, I'm struggling to remember anything that we've done creatively. It could come down to what James is saying, though. It could just come down to that they're just not having or finding the time to work on stuff like that um, we don't know obviously um, but that could be part part of the reason um, and yeah you might start to see things kind of freshen up in the next few weeks for that I, I'm, I'd like to hope so yeah I mean, Beckham always found the time to go and you know, if he's a free kick guy he's out after training yeah you yeah. Know, instead of going up to Corals <laughs> yeah, up to the bookies to- I, I just wonder if um, this lack of time, you know, I don't know how many games are in a standard Celtic season, somewhere between 60 and 70, you know, with all competition. You play something like half a dozen games in qualifiers before your season even kicks off, you know. Not next year though. Not next year, straight in James, I like your style. Um, But yeah, maybe they're just not finding the time to work on these three kicks. I don't know, but I I just like to think a bit more creativity, you know, could be brought into the, the fold. Gives me a nice opportunity to bring up my suggestion in the session that several fans have made yesterday that now is the time to bring in a Chris Julian, hear me out, James, because I know you're not a big fan. <laughs> the reason I would bring in Chris Julian at this I'm moment just glad in time, it's not Mikey Johnson for once. There's plenty of time to get to that. We've got a good 25 minutes left. The reason I would bring in Chris Julian in all seriousness just now is because when we come up against Hibs, particularly that Hibs of yesterday, St Mirren, which we'll get on Wednesday, Livy, which we'll get on Sunday coming, there's not a great need to defend by and large throughout the 90 minutes. 
Therefore, do you need a Carter Vickers and a Starfelt just sitting quite rigid in the back four? Chris Julian gives you a couple more options in terms of how he attacks in the game or, or his forward type of play. One thing he's very good at as a as a centre, central defender is sweeping the ball out to the right and left wingers and bypassing the right and left fullbacks and starting your attack very quickly. He can play ball, whether he can defend or not, hugely up for debate. He can, you know, he's got quite a, an offensive style of play. The other thing is, he's six foot 17 or something. He, <laughs> he could offer a presence in the box that we don't have. How many goals has Carter Vickers scored for Celtic? One, two. One, One was a big One. deflected daisy cutter. Yeah. I don't two. know if he scored beyond he that. Scored, he scored the other ones. Starfelt? Eh, none. none. So two goals. Yeah. No, in no. all those games between your centre halves. Julian has, has shown he's got an eye for the big goal. You know, you can look at the, the Lazio goal, the one that won the League Cup final against Rangers. He offers something that we don't currently have. And I think I would have preferred to turn around and see him in the last 10 minutes yesterday hmm. than someone who's given you nothing. I'd agree with the last 10 minutes. Um, is he up to speed to come into this, this uh, running? Um, is he used to playing with the back line? I don't I don't think so. I think he's going to be a bit part player for us to the end of the season and then he'll have a full pre-season with the team. I think it would be too much of a risk that, to that, start putting him into the starting lineup. That's how I felt for a time. And then I'm thinking, no, hold on a minute. This guy is a seriously experienced professional footballer. I think he's 28. Yeah. He's been around the block and then some. If not now, when? You're not paying him all the, these monies and getting him rehabbed to just let him kick about for a while. Obviously, at the time, I didn't think it was such a serious injury. I told him to get up. Um, but it's been such a long injury. There's been setbacks. Do you rush that? And then you you, you lose him again? I think he's rehabbed. I mm. think he's ready. I, in terms I, I of don't think you're anywhere I, I, near I the bench was, or the squad unless you're ready to play. Yeah. Was he on the bench yesterday? No. no. And that's what I thought was funny. He's been on the bench, he's off the bench, he's in, he's out. I also feel the same for Karamoko. You know, if not now, when? You know, if you're young enough, if you're good enough, all that stuff, if you're fit enough to be in the bench, you're basically putting out the message this guy is fit to take part in this game. If somebody gets injured five minutes in in his position, he should be capable of seeing out the 85 minutes. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I'm just going with like, I don't know, if how many setbacks did Julian have? What was it? At least two or three. We were getting told a different uh, date every, near enough every press conference at one point. I don't think it's all about fitness with Julian. I think there's a bit of I'm Chris Julian, I've got a super man of my jersey and all that stuff. Why am I not immediately straight in? You reckon? I, I think it is. But what I would say is I'm completely open to the idea of him being there now because something's not clicking and I'm a pragmatic kind of person that I want to see if this change can make a difference. So I'm totally open to your idea. I've not seen anything from him that, that indicates arrogance on his part. I think he's shown quite a humble uh, you know, response humble and his big bragging Instagram posts but you know what I mean <laughs> you know but he's come out he wants to be part of this he's ready if we were at a point just now Paddy where Chris Julian had been pictured in training never made the squad pictured in training we see him around he's on the team bus he's not making the squad he's made the bench mm -hmm. and for me that just says he's fit the sports somebody somewhere has signed off on him and said he's good to go see that dodgy knee no longer dodgy. You've got to play him sometime. You can't just, you know, cotton wool these guys forever. No, I, listen, I totally agree with you. What I'm saying is, is that for the speed of the season and the part, the part of it in which we're in, I just think that it's something for me, you've kind of just got to let him have those substitution like appearances, but it's not always that you're going to be taking centre-back off for to bring a centre-back on. Yeah, so they are going to be quite limited. 
I don't know when you bring him in. I, like we've said this countless times, every game is a cup final here, and mm-hmm. I, I, I get your point. Like the player should be ready if he's on the bench, he should be ready. I just think it's a bit of a risk, and I'd rather just see someone like him maybe to have the odd appearance here or there, and then just be given a full preseason because I'd rather have him fit and ready for the seasons coming up. Yeah, and then lose him again. You know, like that's, that's my thinking on it. It's all fair stuff. I just think that as well as, as you rightfully mentioned, it's ten cup finals and Celtic have shown at times they've struggled to break down this low block. Yeah, you've got a guy there that may help you do that. That's that's all I'm saying. So, so uh, funny enough, I would I would put him in Wednesday night against Burn. But you can't rely on him over to Livy. It's terrified that place. Lyndon Dykes has left the building. <laughs> and that park as well. That's the, the wee thing I'm talking about. It's Tony Macaroni's his kryptonite. So, so the, <laughs> see, see if you're going to get a... Oh dear. See if you're going to get a run of games, then you'd say, right, start Wednesday, form Wednesday, you're playing on Sunday, but you're definitely not playing on Sunday. I don't know. I, mean, I think that, you know, that becomes fact that he's had a couple of bad games there and now it's he can't play there. He's a pro footballer and he can play there. And if you've got, if you've got that kind of player where you say... I can't play them on certain parks. Then forget it and ditch them for the team altogether. Well, that's what happened to me. You know? um, so I think I think if you can get a chance to give them some minutes on on Wednesday, I, honestly, I'd be looking to bring them in because we don't need two centre halves against some of this negative defending we're seeing. So, but on aerial ability is kind of what you're for me. You're kind of basing that on because everything else they all in a way probably match up. Like you say, I do think he's a ball playing defender, um, and I think he's quite comfortable um, with left and right feet. Uh, foot, sorry, um, I, what I, my worry is there is <laughs> who do you drop there? And I understand it's harsh. It is harsh. And uh, listen, Starfelt for some reason has become a bit of a target from some fans uh, this season. I seen a horrendous clip blaming him for that mess from Joe Hart Joe yesterday, Hart, yeah. which is a disgrace. Um, he was getting blamed for that. Um, you know, he for me um, is something you mentioned in a few show, shows uh, not too long ago, Tino. He's the centre half that is basically being given free reign for, from Ange to basically say, get the ball out, find, take the risky pass. If you if you don't get it, don't worry, just keep going. And he does, he does it time after time. And what I've noticed a lot from him this season, I was talking to the boys about this today, he knows when he's not got any option at all. So he'll recycle it and he's yeah. good at it. And I just, I don't know who you stop. I don't know who you take out there. And it's, it's a very, very difficult one. I can see the benefits of Julian. But I, I think Starfield's been far better than some commentators would lead you to believe. But I also think uh, Carter Vickers is definitely the more solid of the two. Mm-hmm. If you're asking me, I take Starfield out and I put Julian in. Right. I think they're very similar. They're much of a muchness. And I think you need to try Julian in that position. Any. That concludes our 15-minute section on Chris Julian, <laughs> which ran a lot longer. Our weekly 15-minute uh, section. Back again next week for another quarter of an hour on the big guy. Um, a question that got asked as well, just through a, a friend of the show, Peter Nolan, um, he had asked, so obviously we've come on, James done the final whistle show with Joe after yesterday's result, and then Rangers have gone and dropped points against uh, Motherwell uh, in the afternoon game. Would the tone or should the tone of our show change? <laughs> you know, had we recorded at seven o'clock last night, would it have changed? And I think it would have. You'd have been, been better spirits, but it wouldn't paper over the cracks of our weaknesses against him. And, and that's it. Oh, for Jerry, we recorded at uh, five o'clock last night, but very much tongue in cheek. No, um, atmosphere is a funny thing. You know, it can make average things look amazing, it can make average things look terrible. So, no, no, uh, I wouldn't be looking for any cracks to be papered over. Our performance was our performance. It needs some improvement, and that's it. Full stop. I think it's also symptomatic of the fact that Ange and the players 
to a huge extent, whilst being mindful of what Rangers are doing and being aware of it, we'd really just need to focus on what's going on at home yeah, because, mm-hmm. yeah, we could have recorded last night at seven o'clock and went, what's the problem here? We're still three points ahead and tried to disguise the fact that we were particularly poor at Easter Road. We've got to be real about it. For me, you're saying to this team, you missed the opportunity to go five points clear. Well, that's it, yeah. That's the way you look at yesterday. Agreed. Now, before we move on to the next section, I want to let everyone know about an opportunity we have for a lucky listener or viewer to get their hands on this pretty unique piece of Celtic memorabilia, which is sitting next to us in the studio today. The Celtic Exchange has been gifted a limited edition framed and signed Celtic shirt from the 2018-19 treble treble season, which comes complete with an authentic Scottish Premiership winner's medal. Only 10 of these were made. It really is a classy collector's item and we'll also get some pictures of it up on our socials for anyone who's listening to the audio-only version of the show just now. We've now listed this at raffle.com. That's spelled R-A-F-F-A-L-L.com. And we'll include a link to the listing on our show notes for the podcast and on YouTube. Be sure to check it out for your chance to own a truly unique piece of Celtic history. Now, taking stock, James, of where we are, as mentioned, we can't ignore the impressive league form. And as things stand with, I don't know, three quarters of the season played, we're three points and nine goals clear at the top of the table. However... I also want to put a wee bit of an end to the whole look where we were last year and look where we are now chat. Mm-hmm. Because whilst that's very true, our work isn't done and you can't just say, well, well, we're top in March. That was pretty good going. And expectations have changed and should have changed throughout the season. You know, we, we all spoke pre-season about, I would accept just being closer this season mm-hmm. and just challenging. But the landscape's changed, Paddy, and we've got to aim higher and, and keep our eye on the bigger prize now. 100%. Um, I, I still, for me this season, if we win the league, I still think it's an incredible, incredible job that we've done this year. Um, and I'll celebrate it just like I, I celebrated all nine of those those uh, those trophies. I'll celebrate it. Drunkenly? Uh, well, of course, aye. Aye, the song, what, the song goes, Beer and Wine. So Does it? For, for Celtic's title number nine, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and this will be bringing back some... Incredible memories for us. Um, we know what what went wrong, but to go and write it so quickly and the way we've done it, I think will be so special if we go and do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. James, as Ange pointed out, I think after Celtic hit the top spot, you know, trophies don't get handed out in in February, March, and he'll absolutely be you know hammering that message home in the dressing room. Absolutely, uh, and that that's where you know we spoke about before the the focus side of things comes in. In terms of you know, fans' ambitions and, you know, setting their heights and not looking at uh, last season. That's all fine for me when it comes to talking about maybe even doubles and trebles in Europe and stuff. I've always said the league was there because I've always said the points gap is a myth and that's how it's shown so far. So we just need to dig in and get these games under our belt. Yep. And all that to do so, so we've got five games ahead of the split, so you're absolutely at the business end of the season. Um, we'll have a look at these fixtures just now um, and we'll get a general chat around you know, what these could mean. So we'll obviously know we face St Myrna at home on Wednesday night, so that's 2nd of March. We're then away to Livy. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I can't wait for that game. Same. Aye. Yeah. Same. Aye. Look at you, is eh? Uh, Sunday, 6th of March, coming up, Chris Julian's return. <laughs> uh, we've then got the Scottish Cup and maybe don't have enough time to debate the importance of that or not, but the more I feel about it just get that out the road Scottish Cup Dundee United away that's been rescheduled to the Monday night get up to Dundee on a Monday Paddy if we can get tickets uh, they've taken the shed yeah Monday the 14th of March then it's back to league duty so it's Ross County at home Saturday 19th there's then a maybe a welcome international break you know towards the end of March 
The suggestion actually from his national manager was that Kyogo might be, you know, fit around this time, despite your uh, scaremongering or Stevie's scaremongering last <laughs> Stevie's week. Stevie's lies. Stevie's lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a suggestion that Kyogo might recover in time for the international break. Anyway, that gives a welcome break before seriously important game. Rangers away Sunday 3rd of April. And then the last game, pre-split, St Johnson at home. Saturday 9th of April. James, you mentioned Forest Furnishings, uh, Forest Furnishings. Um, <laughs> I think that's what they got the name. Get it in Forest. Get it in Forest. You mentioned, uh, you know, the, the the seriously tough fixtures we've come through. Now, that's not an easy five games by any stretch, but it's easier on paper, I think, than what we've than faced. What we've come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and in terms of th- those are the games you would look at and say you should be winning those, but so is St. Martin away in December, you know. So I, I think... Each game comes in its own merits as a huge cup final and every cup final is hard to win because they're cup finals. So I wouldn't have any, I don't know, you're not suggesting it, but I wouldn't have any complacency myself around those. I think they're, they're all tough games because of what they mean rather than the the team we're up against. Yeah. Paddy, 15 points out of 15? Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a difficult run-in, but we've got enough. We do. I think we've got enough in this team to go and do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, I, I actually... Of late, I still think there, there will be a few twists, but I'm not worried in the sense that, you know, if we are slipping up, it looks like they are too. Um, and that's been our first in a long time. I think it's going to be a very interesting run-in. I think some of the games, you know, coming to that, that before the split, some of the teams we're coming up against are, are fighting just to claw themselves back into the league as well, especially St Johnston. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually keep an eye on Wednesday night as well. I think that'll be a close game. Um, for St Johnson v Rangers yeah. um, but we'll see The two obvious toughies for us is Levy away on Sunday and then Rangers away on the Sunday the 3rd of April which is you know about over a month away mm-hmm. so plenty of time um, the home games on paper football is not played out on paper blah 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 St Mirren at home Ross County at home St Johnson at home if you want to win league titles you have to win those games I'd like to do a convincing job on Wednesday because I think the confidence the players would take for that going into Sunday um, is is what they need um, considering just the way this lull has kind of appeared um, I think that it's an important game on Wednesday night for us to go and put out a bit of a performance just to make sure that people know why we are where we are Yeah James do you think we'll benefit notably from having no European commitments so you know it's important we you know take note of what Rangers are up to and They've got Red Star Belgrade on the 10th and 17th of March, two midweeks, which we'll be hopefully, you know, working on things at Lennox Town and, you know, getting recovery into players' legs or, or whatever's required. Yeah, then it's in a run-in like this, in a season like this, it's, it's so important. Getting those gaps is, is so crucial. Uh, I think we'll really benefit from it. I, th- I think we've been crying out for it, but there was no way to get that time as long as you're competing on four fronts. So we've got to now, we've got to take advantage of it. Yeah. Paddy, do you expect to see, I mentioned Kyogo there, do you expect to see Turnbull and or Kyogo back for any part of those five games, just on, you know, the snippets you've heard? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I've not heard much from anything on it, um, other than the, the dodgy rumour last week. But um, I just think that, again, with those players coming back, they're not going to come in and give you 90 minutes straight away. So to what capacity they come in and what impact they have, I, I don't think it will be, be huge. Um, for these five games but what they could then bring for the 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 split could be very important for us I'd hope to see them in the next few weeks absolutely get them up to a bit of speed just for the run in yeah I think somebody anybody that could give Hatati a bit of a rest James 
real talented guy. You, you know, he's shown his class in some mm -hmm. of the early stuff, but he's tired. He's very tired. You know, like I mentioned, there's a couple of balls ran under his feet in the last 10 minutes. He, he got 90, of course he did. He got 90 right. minutes against Hibs again. He's played a lot of football. I wonder, you know, it's now the time to see a bit more of Gucci. Definitely. And certainly, you know, if Turnbull gets back in the mix. There is also a suggestion that we do move Callum McGregor more advanced because there are options there. Gucci can play the six. Mm -hmm. I actually think Hatate could play the six, actually. But it'd be interesting to see McGregor nudged further forward. Matthew Wednesday night would be Gucci in the six, McGregor and O'Reilly uh, in the more attacking two. Yeah. I think we need to have a bit of change up there. It's in, almost as a priority to give Hatate the rest because a guy of his talent letting a ball run under his feet, that's just concentration and tiredness, you know, yeah. mental tiredness. So bizarrely, in the last 10 minutes of the game yesterday he was the one that was digging out the crosses from the byline so you know it, it's not that like the guy lacks effort or application or desire to win it's just he's knackered he's a real grafter there's no doubt and there was a couple of misplaced passes and we know he's got the quality we've seen the quality in him but he does look tired and think you know something that can freshen up so you've mentioned there James you know a couple of options that you'd like to see in the starting lineup. but what is your scoreline prediction for St Mirren I think it's a tougher game than we think I think there's a lot of decent talent in St Mirren you know, they promoted a lot of good guys from the youth I think there's a talented manager in Stephen Robinson. 5 now Celtic. Yeah, 5 now Celtic. I think it'll be, it'll be tough enough. I think we should get get on it to about 4-1 or something like that. It's funny because we could run into the old cliched new manager bounce thing going mm -hmm. on. You know, and now he's got a bit of time. Jim Goodwin's up the road at Aberdeen and uh, Stevie Robinson steps in. I'm sure he is setting his stall out for nothing more than a draw. And, and rightfully so. You know, that's, that's his prerogative. Stuff, yeah. So he could park the bus and all that. What do you think, Barry? Yeah, I think it'll be a tough game. Uh, St Mirren are in the running for their top six, but also I think they're, they're part of that yeah. group that could go for Europe as well. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. These games are going to be, you can't exactly call them because you don't know what you're going to come up come up against. Hibs sat in very, very deep yesterday against us. Uh, not one shot on target from them. And teams that are used to doing that week in, week out are only going to keep doing that against us. And I, I, and I would bring St Mirren under that, that, uh, that label. I think it will be a tough game for us. If we get an early goal, try and take take them off guard and try and get a few pass them in the first half. I think momentum-wise, that, that pushes us on to, to Sunday and we go in there very confidently. So a scoreline? 3-0. 3-0. I've gone a wee bit more cagey and in recent times I've been a wee bit more bombastic about what the scorelines might be. I think we'll be 2-0. And I'd be happy with 2-0 mm. and we kick on the next game. Um, but that next game, we've, you know, we've spoken about the, the trials and tribulations of going to Tony Macaroni and the awkward park and David Martindale's nonsense and other things. I think that'll be a far tighter game. Um, I, I think we'll win and I think we'll win narrowly. I'm going to go for 2-1 in that one. What's your take, buddy? Um, I, I think that it'll be all hands on deck from Livingston. I'm going 1-0 Celtic. Yeah, James. Three 0 Buffed. I like yeah. it. Three 0 the Levy four one decent Martin. It's been coming that that Levy stuff. It's all the nonsense. You know, hoodoos with guys that weren't here when when the hoodoos were around. Yeah, rubbish. Ange got caught cold. He's got his team now. Yeah, if we can get a good win on Wednesday night, take us into that three 0 and just shut all this nonsense up. James the Mythbuster. I like it. Mm. I like it. Yeah. So what we'll do is we start to wrap up the show for this week. I'm going to come at you both with a new feature. But I'm going to ask each of you for your one good thing and one bad thing from the world of Celtic right now. So I'll come to you, Paddy. Come to you first. One good, one bad. What have you got? One good. I think we're overachieving this season and I'm very happy with us so far this year. One bad. We didn't win the Europa League Conference. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to say one good, we're overachieving. One bad, we're also overachieving. James, what about yourself? What are you giving it? 
Uh, time and travel, time, good travel, bad time that as every week goes past, we're one week closer to Kyogo coming back. It's less time for Rangers to claw back the gap and it's more time for players to get training, rest, whatever it may be. Travel, we didn't really touch on it, but international travel of Tom Rogic and Jota going away to Australia and Portugal. And for me, the two of them haven't come back yet. Jota, when did he go international? No, he didn't. He went back to maybe for the rehab. He went yeah. back to rehab. Yeah, I think you're right. They maybe both come back and struggled. Uh, for what it's worth, my one bad, one good. My one bad, I miss Kyogo. I miss aye, him aye. bad. Aye. It's hurting me. <laughs> see, see when you said he won't play in any minutes, he will if you let him. Yeah. Oh, I, I, exactly. Just, but then he does just, Samsung just, again. Uh, just wind Kyogo <laughs> up and let him go. Uh, my one good, Kyogo will be back soon. It's <laughs> all good stuff. So we now find ourselves in March with Celtic top of the tree in the Scottish Premiership but as we've covered here, league trophies aren't handed out before Paddy's Day. What Ange and the players do this month however will have a huge say in where the trophy ends up come May. Thanks to James and Paddy for joining me on today's show and our thanks to you for continuing to follow and support the Celtic Exchange. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe and leave a comment on this episode and if you're listening to the podcast version, please give us a five-star review wherever possible. It's really appreciated by myself and all of the team. In the meantime, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Podcast Network.